This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Anybody else grew up with that song? Yeah. Don't clap for that. That's a that's a low bar, folks. I I grew up with songs like that. I mean, Jesus loved me, this little light of mine, itsy bitsy spider, you know, all of those types of things. I, I love this little light of mine. I think one of the reasons why is because you get to like kind of lasso the air with your light, you know. I was a little kid in church, and I'm saying, this little light of mine, just going at it. But my favorite verse is, hide it under a bushel. No! That's how I did it, too. I was one of those kids. I was one of those kids, you know, and I just, I'd look forward to, you know, just screaming at the top of my lungs, no! I didn't really pay attention to the rest of the song. I was just, no, right? Now, I have little kids now, and I'm starting to realize there are these little kids' songs I have questions about. Like, you sing it, you don't think a whole lot about it. You know, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. But now I have questions. I go, why is the light important? Where did I get the light? Is it safe? I have little kids at home. (laughs) What is a bushel exactly? Why is this light so important? Now, we know that light is important. I think we take it for granted, but it's not that hard for us to start going, you know what, it is, it is difficult to live without light, but we're going to prove it to you. We're actually going to turn out all the light so you can experience it for a second. Darkness. Darkness can be pretty consuming, can't it? Can you imagine living your life at this level of darkness. There are actually a few lights still on in the room, but it's pretty dark. Can you imagine, I don't know, cooking your breakfast, taking a shower, brushing your teeth, shaving, any of those types of things in complete darkness? Maybe going on a date. Did you know that there are restaurants now that they turn off all of the lights so that you can experience your food? I have trouble eating when the lights are on. I get stuff all over me, just me. I mean, imagine living your life, walking, working, driving in complete darkness. Have you ever felt consumed by darkness? Like in your heart, in your head. Maybe maybe you struggle with depression. Maybe you struggle with anxiety or an addiction, and it just seems to be closing in. Maybe there are broken relationships in your life. Maybe you're helpless. Maybe you're hopeless. You just don't know what to do with your finances. How can I take a next step there? You feel like Jesus is about as far away as you could possibly imagine at the edge of the universe, and that darkness seems to be closing in all around you. Now, light... Light is different. Just one little light completely changes what we can see in the room. And our eyes are immediately drawn to the light. Do you notice that? We immediately start to see things in a completely different way. Light changes everything. So we're talking about light today, in case you haven't picked up on that. We're continuing a series today called I Am Jesus, and we're taking a look at these statements that Jesus has said to help us understand who he really is 
And last week we talked about when he said, I am the door, talking about eternal safety. That's in John 10. Today, we're talking about John 8, 12. So Jesus is talking to people. He's talking to his disciples, his followers. He's also talking to the Pharisees. Now, the Pharisees are religious teachers of the day. And he says one of these, I am statements. This is John 8, 12. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you don't have to walk in the darkness because you have the light that leads to life. There it is. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Now, the Pharisees are in the middle of trying to take Jesus down. They don't like what he has to say. They don't like that he's there to kind of break down their rules and what they want to do. And so they're going after him. But I find it interesting. They don't pay attention to this at all. Kind of like when I sing this little line of mine, they run right past it to the no! They don't even talk about him saying, I am the light of the world. They start arguing about other stuff. But Jesus is saying, I am the light of the world. And that's a big deal. Now, imagery sometimes in the Bible can be difficult for us to understand, you know? Like you read something in the Bible, for example, did you know that there is a dragon mentioned in Revelation? Weird. And we're not going to talk about that today, but now that's going to be what you think about. But there's imagery that it's hard for us to understand. We try to figure out the context. We try to figure out the language. We look at what comes before and after the verse. We think about the religious context and the cultural context at the time. There are all these things that we do to kind of figure imagery out. But light and darkness, it means exactly what you think it means. Light, you ready for this? Light equals good. Darkness equals bad. Let's pray. We're done. Light equals good. Darkness equals bad. We've been using that framework for a really long time. We use darkness to represent evil, light to represent good. Shakespeare used darkness to represent death and light to represent beauty. F. Scott Fitzgerald in The Great Gatsby used light to represent dreams and darkness to represent corruption. I'm a nerd. I know, I'm a nerd. No, th this is one, this isn't nerdy. Star Wars, Luke, Darth Vader, right? Light of the force, dark of the force. Luke, I am your father. It's not a spoiler alert, it came out in 1980. Light, darkness, we get it. We get it. We understand what it's saying. And the point is, I think we generally understand that Jesus saying, I am the light of the world, is him saying, I am inherently good, and if you follow me, you won't be lost in the darkness. You can be found in the light. Light and darkness is commonly used in the Bible. It's commonly used in the book of John, which is what we're reading. Now, the book of John is in the New Testament. It's called a gospel. There are four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's the fourth gospel. Gospel means good news, and it's about the life and ministry of Jesus. And it talks a lot about light and darkness in the book of John. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at three times that light and darkness is talked about in the book of John so that we can understand what it means when Jesus says, I am the light of the world in John 8, 12. So we're going to start in John 1, 4 through 5. This is the first time 
Light and darkness is used in the book of John. And here's what it says. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and darkness can never extinguish it. The word here means Jesus. Literally, just Jesus created the world. Brought good into the world. But immediately there's this tension between darkness and light. And darkness is trying to extinguish the light. Hide it under a bushel. That's what it's trying to do. But light is winning. And our first takeaway about light and darkness in this section is darkness brings harm, but light, light brings life. Darkness brings harm, light brings life. Light is essential for our life here on earth. It helps plants grow. It helps us work. It helps us be safe. People even struggle during the winter months when there's a lack of light. It's called seasonal affective disorder. Light's a big deal. Darkness brings harm. It hurts us. Did you know that if we stayed in complete darkness for too long, we'd actually go blind? We wouldn't be able to see. It's harmful. We're not able to walk safely, work safely. Darkness harms, light brings life. There's this old story about a car that crashed into a train in the middle of the night. There's this huge court battle. The railroad put an employee on the stand to show they weren't responsible for the crash. So this railroad employee methodically went through this dark, dark night. Yes, I got off the train ahead of the crossing. Yes, I stood on the highway. Yes, I swung my lantern back and forth in an X so that the car would see that there was a train. Yes, I had to jump out of the way when there was a speeding car. Yes, it was terrifying. And the jury deliberated and the railroad won because of the testimony of this employee. About a year later, the attorney who represented the driver of the car saw the employee out and about in town. They talked. The railroad employee was kind of squirmy. And he said, I have never been so frightened in my entire life. I was so scared that you were going to ask the question. And the attorney goes, what question? And the employee says, I was afraid you were going to ask did you have your lantern lit? Darkness. Darkness brings harm. Light brings life. Bad things happen under the cover of darkness. Without light, that absence of light, things deteriorate. It's actually death. We rely on the light, the sun, to survive. According to some recent FBI data, violent crimes peak between 9 p.m. and midnight. And they think one of the contributing factors is it's just nighttime. DUI crimes peak around 2 a.m. under the cover of darkness. And my mama told me that nothing good happens after midnight. <laughs> I think that has more to do with me than it has to do with darkness. But we, we kind of understand this concept that darkness covers things. And it's harmful. Scientifically, darkness is the absence of light. Darkness spiritually is the absence of Jesus. 
Staying in the darkness means staying in sin. This is what Romans 6.23 says. This is what happens if you stay in sin. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Darkness brings harm. Light brings life. And he's talking eternally here. Eternal death and eternal life. So staying in the darkness, this absence of Jesus leads to harm. But when Jesus says, hey, I'm the light of the world, he's saying he's the source of life. He's the source of all good things. Light nurtures, light brings life. Darkness brings harm, light brings life. That's that first takeaway. Here's the second one. This is John 3, 18 through 21. This is another time Jesus is bringing up light and darkness. Now, he's talking to a Pharisee named Nicodemus. We actually talked about Nicodemus a couple of weeks ago. And Nicodemus is coming up, and he is saying, Jesus, what do I need to do to get to heaven? And Jesus is having a good conversation with him. And he's talking about judgment, Jesus is, and he's talking about grace. And this is how he ends the conversation. He talks about light and darkness. This is John 3, 19 through 21. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed But those who do what is right come to the light so others can see what they are doing, what God wants. Here's the basic concept. Sometimes when we're doing things we're not supposed to be doing, the biggest fear we have is being found out. That actually becomes our greatest concern. We're not concerned about the light or really the darkness. We're comforted by not being found out. And that sin takes root. It, in a weird way, becomes comforting. So it becomes more about avoiding the light than it does anything else. And darkness hates the light because it reveals what's going on. It's as simple as that. Darkness hates the light because it can't handle the truth. And if we hide it away, if we stay in that darkness, that hate of the light turns into hate in our heart. And we start to hate ourselves, or we start to hate others, or we start to hate our circumstances, or we start to hate our community, or to hate our world, or to hate our God, or to hate the light. And hate just grabs us and takes root in our heart because we're comforted by the darkness. We want people to see the best side of us, don't we? We don't want people to see the underbelly. Have you ever picked up a rock that's been in the ground for a while and you pick it up and the bottom side of the rock is just nasty? That's what it's like to stay in the darkness. So here's our second takeaway about darkness and about light. Darkness hates. Light, though, light loves If we stay in the darkness, we're walking toward hate. If we're in the light, we're walking toward love. People doing good things, people living for Jesus, don't fear people knowing the truth. The light reveals what's going on. And if what's going on is good, you're not scared of that. Have you ever walked into a room 
and you've turned on a light and found somebody doing something that they shouldn't be doing. The other day I walked into our garage. It's pitch black in there. I flip on the light. Two of my kids freeze, except for the hand that goes behind their back. The light revealed popsicle all over their face. But that kind of makes sense to us. When the light is flipped on, we're scared of it. We hate it because it reveals what's going on. The darkness revealed by the light. So if Jesus is the light of the world and he is love, he's loving, his light is actually more full, more bright, more loving than the darkness. It might not feel that way at the moment. It hurts. Have you ever flipped on a light and it just kind of hurts you for a second? It hurts sometimes to be in the light for a moment, but not eternally because the truth sets us free. That light helps us. That light heals us. So instead of sin and darkness and hate being in our heart, we're filled with light and hope and joy and peace. That's what it means for the light to love. His love is so great, so pure, that he went on the cross, died for our sins, our darkness. That's what it means for him to be the light, that he conquered death. That's love. And Jesus is asking, which do you love more? Feeling comfortable in the darkness today, even if it brings other people harm, even if it's not good for you, even if it's gross and hateful and nasty, do you love being in the darkness or do you love being in the light that brings life and healing and truth? Darkness hates Light loves. That's the second one. Here's the third thing we can learn about light and darkness. It's found in John 12. Now Jesus is talking to a crowd of followers, his disciples. And he starts telling them, the reason I came to die is for your sins. And that's how this turns out. I'm going to die. And they don't get it. They say, wait, you're the, you're the son of God. You're the Messiah. Messiah literally means savior, one who saves. If you're that, how can you die? That doesn't make any sense. And this is Jesus' reply. This is John 12, 35 through 36. Jesus replied, my light will shine for you just a little longer. Walk in the light while you can. So the darkness will not overtake you. Those who walk in the darkness cannot see where they are going. Put your trust in the light while there's still time. Then you will become children of the light. And there is false comfort in darkness, isn't there? If you do something under the cover of darkness, you think that you're safe. You think you won't be found out. When I was growing up, my buddies and I in high school, we'd be sitting around, we'd be kind of talking about what to do, and inevitably someone would suggest, let's go toilet paper some houses. So we would get, you know, we'd end up in the back of a truck, we'd have 30 rolls of toilet paper, we'd be going, and we would have a plan, you know, it'd be like covert ops, you know, special forces, you go here, you go here, you split here, you throw it up, you catch it, and if you do it right, the tree looks like it snowed. I'm not condoning this, but it's pretty cool. It occurs to me, though, 
not once, and I TP'd more houses than I should, not once, not once did we do it during the day. Not once. Why would we do it at noon? We, want, we don't want to be caught. We even avoided our friend's house who had a floodlight in the front yard, right? Because we didn't want to be found out. We thought it was safer to do the bad thing in the darkness. Darkness hides us. It covers us. But eventually, if we're not careful, dark, darkness overtakes us. It consumes us. It drowns us. And without fighting the darkness with light, that light that is Jesus, without letting him in our heart, we just walk around blind and hurt and harming other people. And that darkness that we're hiding in, we get close to the cliff and we don't know. We don't know that it's right there because it's dark. You see, that's the third thing. Darkness hides, but light, light leads. We know that that's true. We look around and we see exit signs. They're lit up. Have you ever been on a plane and, you know, that aisle? There's lights that lead you to safety. Lights lead us. Jesus says, hey, walk in the light. It's safer. It's better. And not only does the light help us walk so that you can see where you're going, but if we trust it, if we follow the light, if we accept Jesus and we work to walk with him, it leads us into this eternal safety and a healthy life. This is John 12, 36. That's the end of what we just read. Put your trust in the light while there is still time, then you will become children of the light. Following Jesus leads us into safety. And safety means you're in the family of God. So if you put your trust in Jesus, if you're putting your trust in the light of the world, you become children of the light. Let's recap. Darkness equals bad. Light equals good. Darkness brings harm, but light brings life. Darkness hates, light loves. Darkness hides, but light leads. And if we follow where the light leads, Jesus says we become children of the light. Now, what does that mean? It means we look like him, act like him, talk like him, walk like him. It means we're called to bring life not harm. We're called to love, not hate. We're called to lead the way, not hide. That's the big idea for today. As children of the light, we're called to stand in the darkness and shine. That's what we're called to do. The light of the world becomes the light in us. And as we shine, as we follow him, other people in our lives start to experience the light too. But I have to admit to you that there are times that I look around our world, I look around our communities, I look in my own heart, and I don't see light. I feel like the darkness is winning. 
How many broken relationships do you know of? How much pain, how much hurt, how much addiction, anger, outrage? The light seems to be consuming us. We think about throughout the world, there are people who are hungry. There are people who don't have clean water. There are people who don't have a safe place to sleep. In our community, there are people who are struggling with those things. And the darkness seems to be closing in. And I feel sometimes, I feel helpless. And I feel hopeless. And I feel discouraged. And I don't know what to do because the darkness seems to be winning and the lights keep getting turned off. Have you ever looked up into the clear night sky and seen those twinkling points of light that seem so far away? Stars, clearly visible, but difficult to see clearly, twinkling as far away as the eye can see. And around those stars, around those pinpricks of twinkling light, darkness. The darkness seems to rule the sky. And I look up at the sky and I look around our world and I look in my own heart and I can't help but admit that at times in my darkest moments it all seems so hopeless. The darkness seems to be winning. Have you ever heard about the Hubble Space Telescope? It's recorded some of the most detailed visible light images we can possibly imagine. It allows a deep view into space. Over a portion of 10 years, one of the things the Hubble did was focus on one very small section of the sky. They call it the Hubble Deep Field. The telescope was aimed into the darkness, what amounts to the size of a pinprick to the naked eye. And if you and I would look up, even on a moonless night, even on the clearest night, away from city lights, and in between the shimmering stars in the sky, we would see nothing but darkness. But when we zoom in and continue to go further and further away, into what seems to be the deep darkness, into the edge of space, we find something else. We begin to see it's not actually darkness at all. It's thousands of galaxies, not stars, billions of stars, billions of miles away. We think it's darkness. We think that pinprick is darkness and it's winning. And when we look carefully, closely, we see that there's actually more light even in the midst of this darkness than we could even imagine. And as children of the light, we're called to stand right smack dab in the middle of the darkest spaces and let our light shine. So where's the darkness in your life? Is there darkness in your heart? Is there pain, hurt, frustration? Are you weary? 
Let Jesus in. Let his light shine into you. Maybe, maybe you need to stand in the darkness and tell the truth. Maybe you need to go and turn on that light and admit, you know what? That was a lie and I'm sorry. Even if it complicates things, let your light shine in that darkness. Maybe there's a broken relationship in your life that you need to forgive someone. You need to let go of that bitterness. You need to go and talk to somebody about it. You need to see somebody counseling. You need to go to celebrate recovery and talk about what's going on in your heart. Let that light shine. Maybe there's something on your heart right now, something in our community, a way to serve here at the Ridge, a way to take care of some of these things that feel so heavy. Maybe there is darkness in your own home or in your own heart or in your own neighborhood or at work. And Jesus is saying, hey, let your light shine. All you need is one. One dark place. Think about it. One dark place in your life to go and let your light shine. So where is it? Where's the one place? This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. You bow your head, I'd like to pray for us. Heavenly Father, there are times that we talk about things that are easy to understand and really hard to do. And I think that this is one of those. We get it. Light is good, dark is bad. Help us. Help us identify this place in our life, this darkness that we can go stand in. Help us shine. Help us live in a way that brings life. Help us live in a way that loves other people unconditionally in a way that they don't even understand. Help us live in a way that our light leads people toward you. Thank you for the way that your light leads us to the cross and past the cross to the grave and past the grave because you died on the cross for our sins. You rose again and conquered death so that we might have life abundant in the light. And I'm so thankful for that, that your light leads to eternal life. And God, help us stand in the scary, nasty hard darkness even when we don't want to help our light shine. It's in Jesus' name and because of his light that we pray today. Amen.